At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. So, this morning, we're going to end this series on liberty that we've been on since the beginning of the month. If you haven't heard these messages, I'd encourage you to go back to our app or website and, and listen or download those messages. They don't cost you anything. They're there for you to hear. And, uh, and I... I, I, this, this liberty thing has been very strong in my heart, um, but the, the, the liberty and justice, we've been talking on Wednesday nights regarding justice. Um, liberty and justice for all is part of the pledge of allegiance to our flag. There's a statement in there that we went over in one of our messages liberty and justice for all people. And um, that liberty and justice was put into our Constitution in many different ways. There's verbiage in our Constitution in a number of different ways that, that liberty and justice is for all mankind. And, you know, that was not true for all men and all women because for many, many years, if your color of skin wasn't white like mine is, then that liberty and justice wasn't for you or you had to fight harder for it. And it was an injustice. I'm, I'm just here to say today that what happened through the years based on the color of the skin with people, with human beings, was an injustice. In God, there's only two race of people, two, saved and unsaved. And His intention is for the two to be one, that all men come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. All people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's God's plan. All the other stuff, that I believe the, the, the men in the beginning, the men and women in the beginning of this nation, they got it right from the Word of God, and then man erred with that. And what I want to end this message with today is the liberty and the freedom we have because of our connection to Him. We have liberty, we have freedom because we're connected to Him and we understand Him. And we understand who He is and who we are with Him. You don't understand that, you won't live and operate in the liberty that was intended for you. And what our nation has done, and it did its best, I guess, um, Things have gotten better at a certain time, and over the last number of years, I feel like in different ways, things have gotten worse. And, um, and at the end of the day, God and His Word are the truth that you and I must follow after. We do the best that we can do to obey the laws of the land. But when requirements come out of your life that are illegal, immoral, and go against the Word, 
You have to navigate how to operate in truth. No matter who you are, no matter what your background is, we have to learn to operate in truth because, listen, the Bible isn't an American thing. The Bible is a planet thing. It has to do with all of humanity, no matter who you are. What you look like, color of your skin, your background, I don't care what it is, the Bible is for you. Can you shout amen to that? Uh, a little louder. Huh? The Bible is for you. The Word of God is for you. No matter what, the Word of God is for you. So, I shared with you last Sunday, last Sunday was our 34-year anniversary of our church. We've been here for 34 years last Sunday. And um, for 34 years, we've been about teaching people to renew their minds. It doesn't matter how much you know up here. It's what, you, it's what you do with what you know. It doesn't matter how much of the Bible you can quote. It matters what you do with what you know. And the renewing of the mind is what we've always been about. Teaching the Word and teaching people how to be doers of the Word are more important than programs. They're, they're more important than... They're more important than services themselves, yet you have to have services to get the Word out there so that people can learn how to be doers of the Word. The renewing of the mind is more important than even who you are as a church, your name, your, the building you're in, anything else. The renewing of the mind is everything. Because the only way for circumstances to change in your life is for you to change the way you think. And you are in charge of that. You have to make the choice to sit under word like what we're teaching today. Because we believe in the word we teach. I'm not saying there's not other word. There's word all over the planet that's being taught and preached. But it doesn't mean everything that's being preached is going to liberate your life. I'm telling you today, this word sets you free if you embrace it, you take it, and you let the Holy Spirit show you what He really wants you to see about this. It's the way it's worked for 34 years. That's what we've done. 1 Timothy 3.15, we read this last week. I'm going to read it again. Paul says, but if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. That's what the church is. The church has to be about the truth because you know the truth and the truth will make you free. How many know that today? You shall, John 8, 32, it says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What truth? The truth you know. You'll know the truth and the truth you know is what will set you free. So, when you begin to know the truth, when the Holy Spirit's able to take it from your head, get it down in your heart, the truth that you really know is what will make you free. Not just the truth you know here, but the truth that's revealed down in here. And it takes time. 2 Corinthians 3.17, we read this last week also. 
Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. Where is the Spirit of God? The Spirit of God is in me. It's in you. If you're born again, Spirit of God is in the inside of you. And he said, he, in, in this verse, he says, now, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, and we talked about this in the last few weeks, where we yield to the Spirit that is within us, there's liberty and freedom. See, if you're born again, Spirit of God on the inside of you, but you're not learning how to yield to Him and yield to the truth that it's His job to reveal all truth to you so that you know the truth and the truth you know makes you free. But if you're not yielding to Him, liberty is just kind of over here. You're not experiencing the liberty because you've not made the choice to let the Word change you. And I'll say this, it's not just the choice once, it's the choice continually. Because in that passage in John 8, he said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you know the, the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you continue in the word, and you never stop. Another really great promise found in uh, Galatians somewhere, 6 and 9, I think it is. If you don't quit, you reap. If you don't quit, you reap. If you continue, you reap. What will you reap? Liberty and freedom. That's what everybody's looking for. That's why people fight so hard to move to this country, because of the liberty and the freedom that there has been for mankind. Even though it's been flawed, they still come here for that. And the originals that came over here even hundreds of years before, came here for the freedom to worship God the way that they wanted to worship God, not being told how to worship God. God wants you and I free. He wants us liberated. Can you say amen? amen. I made this statement in the last two weeks. I've made this statement two different times or two different messages. <clears throat> Talking about the kingdom of God. I want to read this verse, and then I'm going to make this statement. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Defining the kingdom of God is this. The realm in which God is in dominion and His will is fulfilled. Another piece of that definition is that it's God, God's kingdom is His way of thinking and doing, the way He thinks and the way He does. So what has to happen? Your mind has to be renewed. That's what we've been about for 34 years, teaching people how to renew their mind and how to stay with it and not quit. But I want to I focus on the first part of that definition. The kingdom of God is the realm in which God is in dominion and His will is fulfilled. Well, you know, God, God's in dominion. He's in charge. Not of this place. He's not in charge in the earth. Mm-mm. Nope. And, and how do I know that? Because I'm so smart? No, I, I know it because the Word says it. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness, but He gave authority in the earth to the sons of men and women. He gave authority to us. He gave authority to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve gave it up, God never took it back, and then Jesus brought it back to humanity. So, for God to be in dominion in your life, 
and for His will to be fulfilled in your life, what has to happen? You have to choose to learn how to think like He thinks and do as He does. And that's a good word right there. So all the pressure's on me? No, not the pressure. The decision. No, there's no pressure. If you do it his way, he makes sure it comes to pass. But you have to think like he thinks and operate the way he operates. That's his kingdom in operation. I'm going to read that definition again, that first part. The realm in which God is in dominion and his will is fulfilled. Now, I want to read these two passages that I haven't read. I'm, I'm just going to make a point. I'm going to read these two passages, and then, and then I, I want to make a, just a couple of points about this. And then I want to end this message in the book of Romans, chapter 8. Uh, in, yeah, in chapter 8 of, of the book of Romans. I want to end this today in there. But, but I want you to get this about... Because what we're talking about is liberty comes from understanding kingdom authority. I'm going to say it again. Liberty comes from understanding kingdom authority. When you understand kingdom authority, when you understand that, that for God to be in dominion in your life and for His will to be fulfilled in your life, okay, the things that His Word says are true to you, for that to happen, you have to make a decision to believe in that. Now, these two passages, there's, a, there's some things said in here, but I'm going to focus on, on, on the same thing in two different ways. First, first passage is John chapter 5, and verse 17 through 19. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. My father has been working until now, and I have been working. My father has been working, and I'm working with my father. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him. Man, they were hot. You know, and why were they mad? Because a guy who had been sick for many, 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 many years got healed on Sunday right before church. Well, how dishonoring is that for a man to be healed in the middle of town and we got church going on? Kind of something like that. What? These people hadn't seen a healing in hundreds of years. They'd done all kinds of things and not seen any, any kind of healing or manifestation. And here, Jesus heals at the wrong time. Talk about finding something wrong with everything. We're talking about healing, delivered, set free. They were mad. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because... He not only broke the Sabbath, that's what he had done, but also said that God was his Father, watch this, making himself equal with God. That's what they were accusing him of. Then Jesus answered and he said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son 
can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. And so, because Father is working alongside of, because Jesus is working alongside of Father, doing, watching, listening, hearing, paying attention, everything Father says do, that's what he does. He gets the same results. They were accusing him of being equal with God. Okay? Now, take this verse of Scripture, just kind of, kind of, rushing through this a little bit to make my point because of what I want to read in Romans 8. Roman, well, and, and this is uh, a scripture and a half of Romans 8, starting with verse 16, and then I got three other pieces in Romans 8 to read. But this one says this, Romans 8 and verse 16, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. Everybody say, I'm a child of God. Spirit of God, if you yield to Him, will show you that every single day of your life, and it'll get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger in you. And if children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God, watch this, and joint heirs with Jesus. So if you look up the definition of a joint heir, somebody that's equal with that person. If you own a, um, if you own a company, um, what, what's, what's the title of a company if, you, if there's two people that own it? It's a, um, yeah, but it, no, it's something else. When two people own it, 50-50 partners. Ah, anyway, <clears throat> I, I know it, and all of a sudden, it, I'll, I'll remember it before my message is over. Anyway, so 50-50 partners, you, you, you're, uh, gosh, anyway, get rid of it, don't distract me. Um, so you're 50-50 partners of 100% of something. Okay? You're equal partners of 100% of, an, of, of, of a specific thing. That's what a joint heir is. So we're joint heirs with who? Jesus? Mm -mm. No. We're joint heirs with Christ. We're joint heirs with Christ. Jesus, the Christ, the anointed one, we're joint heirs with the anointing that made the difference in his life that he did everything that he did. We're joint heirs with him. We're equal partners. And here's the thing. He's done all his. Now, we've got to do our part by hearing him, looking at him, paying attention to him. What did he say? He said, the Son can do nothing without the Father. Well, this Son needs to have that revelation working on the inside of Him. These sons and daughters out here 
we have to have that and we need to make the choice to purpose to yield to the Holy Spirit who is revealing the heart of the Father, the revelation of His Word. And when that is, becomes revelation to me, then I'm working. What did that, the beginning of that, that verse in, in John 5 said? Jesus answered then and said, My Father has been working until now, and I'm working. You know what I say today? My Father's worked this whole thing out, and now I'm working alongside of Him to see it all fulfilled. See, he's already done it all. I'm not doing anything that's different than what he did. I'm now enforcing what he says is so. So where healing is concerned, where deliverance, where prosperity, I don't care what it is in life, whatever you're struggling in in life, he's already overcome. you got to hear from him how to overcome and then overcome. And there's a whole lot more involved in that on a day-to-day basis. And if you don't quit... You'll experience liberty, freedom, if you don't quit. We are joint heirs with the same anointing. Because Jesus didn't, he, see, Jesus was already anointed as the living word. See, the three, the three parts in the beginning were Father, Word, and Holy Spirit. Well, see, Word was already anointed. So when the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and He came to the earth here, when the Word came here, now He became a son of the Father and our elder brother and came to the earth and spent, why did He spend 30 years to get prepared if He already had it all? Well, He had it all, but it had to be revealed and developed, just like it does with us. You're not as stupid as you think you are. Why? Because of who you got inside of you. But you're not as smart as you think you are either because the one that knows everything about everything about everything lives on the inside of you, so you can know everything too. You can know things that you think you could know. Holy Spirit's here to reveal it. We're connected with Him. We're joint heirs with him. We're one with that same anointing that was on Jesus that got the results in the earth. Man, what an amazing God. I mean, it's just like, when I say that, I just, I want to fall on my knees and just thank him that he would trust me with his anointing. I've not always been a trustworthy person. Because I didn't know how to be. But who taught me how to be trustworthy? Who taught me how to be faithful? Huh? Other people taught me the Word, but the Holy Spirit that I've yielded to, that I've paid attention to, has empowered me to know the truth of that so I can walk alongside the Father and do the work He once worked. Not my idea. And that, that's what takes time. God is never in a rush in your life. I don't care what your age is today, you can say, well, you know, I should have done that when I was in my 20s. No, 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 no. Don't think like that even for a second. God will take you right where you're at. And He wants you 
to be alongside of him. He doesn't want you living this life trying to figure it all out on your own. You're not good enough for that. You're not big enough for that. You'll stress yourself out and you'll go to the grave early by heart attack or something else like that because of what stress does to the body. You're, you weren't made to be the thinker for you. He was. And the more you think like him, the more you get the results that your heart desires. And where your desires are off, if you just stay with him, he'll get your desires lined up and then he'll bring them to pass. Gosh, <laughs> ah, it's a win-win. Come on. Amen? So I, w- I want to finish today with this. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. I'm free. I'm free of everything. I am free. Where this freedom starts is you just making a declaration like that about 15, 20 times a day. That's where it starts. I didn't say that was the fix-all. That's where it starts. You need to hear yourself say you're free even when your head's telling you you're all in bondage. I'm bound up. I'm this. I'm that. I feel this way. I'm financially like this. I physically this. All these things. You need to hear yourself say you're free because he said you're free. Because he freed you. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. So see, when you're doing it on your own, you're back under the law. Flesh is weak. Flesh can't do it. But when you get spirit on your flesh, then your flesh becomes supernatural. Then supernatural things begin to happen because why? You're walking alongside the Father. Woo! Glory to God. Doing what Father said. You do what Father said, you get the same results Jesus got. Why? He's our elder brother. He's the perfect example. If we follow in his footsteps, if we do things the way he did it, listen, the things that I'm saying that he did, he did, he said, I I mean, a dozen different, uh, well, through, through all the writers, a dozen different times in the Gospels, you hear this statement in one form or another. I do only the things that I hear, like we just read, I do only the things I hear my father say and do. I only do the things that I see my father do. So that's the shoes we're to walk in. We're to put those shoes on and learn to walk as father says do. So all the things we teach around here and we have for 34 years, all of that has been about teaching people to equip themselves to renew their mind, change the way that they think so that their circumstances can change. And he did it. What the law, what what people in the flesh and their own ability couldn't do, Jesus did. Watch this. And and this just defines it for us. Everybody say, I'm free. free. Come on, say it real loud. I'm free. Woo! You're free. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did. God did. God did it. Did, Did he do it? 
He did it. He did it by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might, in other words, now be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, our thinking, we got it, we got it all figured out, we don't need him, we don't walk that way, right, according to the flesh, but according to what the Spirit of God is revealing to us. And the Spirit of God only reveals the truth of the Word. And the truth of the word you need is first and foremost the truth you hear preached like you're hearing today. The truth that you get down in, in, inside of you in your thinking begins to come out of your mouth, begins to change the way you see things in here. And in your meditation of the word, Holy Spirit reveals what the real truth of that is for you. That's why you can never compare yourself to the next person. Because what God's revealing to somebody else, He is not revealing to you. The Bible says no one knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of God that's in him. You have to practice it and you have to work alongside Him. I think I've told this story before. Have I told this story about your, your granddad and, and, the, and the nail? Have, have I told that? Anybody heard that one? Anyway, so when, when, when I was growing up, I knew how to play golf and I knew how to play basketball, you know? And other than golf and basketball, I couldn't even hammer a nail. I mean, I, I, I had never done anything. By the time I met my wife and my father-in-law who could do anything, um, I never learned how to do anything. So he started teaching me how to build things, just, in, just at different times, how to hammer a nail. <laughs> and we were, we were in Lakey, Texas at, at her uncle's place in Lakey, and we were building a deck. And I got in there, you know, and, and I'm, I'm over here like this, hammering a nail. And her granddad, he was probably, what, 75 at the time, something like that. He goes, boy, what are you doing? He said, you're not, you're not, you're not, that's going to take you all day on one nail. And so he, he uh, begins to show me and he takes that, he takes that hammer and he says, you set that nail in there, whew, whew, you know, two, two hits and the nail's down, you know, and I'm going, oh, okay. He said, come on. I said, what? He said, I want you to do that. I want you to work at it. So he's holding the nail. And I'm helping. <laughs> and I hit it once, like that. And then I hit it again as hard as I could. And it missed the nail and cracked his nail on his thumb wide open. He looked up at me like that. And he goes, mm. He said, finish it. I said, what? Blood going everywhere. He said, finish it. And man, I finished it and didn't hit his thumb again. <laughs> but I was working alongside of him. And you know what? If you work alongside God and you hit his nail with a hammer here and there, but you're learning, 
That's all he wants. He just wants you to learn how to work alongside of him. I mean, most of the time, it's ugly. Hmm? That's why people don't want to talk about it, because it's not pretty. See, you're coming out of one way of thinking and doing things, you know. Dribbling a basketball is not going to get a nail punched, right? Hitting a golf ball, I mean, you know, you could probably, uh, with the wood heads that you used to have or the metal irons, I could probably take a nine iron and kind of work on that nail for a while, you know. Maybe hit it once or twice. But no, you need a hammer to do that. And so, what you don't know how to do walking in the kingdom of God, He'll show you how to do it, and He'll hold the nail for you, and He'll help you. And even if you crack His nail open, it doesn't matter. Because He's more about you learning it His way than He is about anything else. Because once you get it in here to do it His way, it's all over but the shouting. Did you hear what I said? And if you don't quit... You'll reap everything that He has promised you in, the, in this life and in the life to come. I said everything. I said everything. So we have to learn to do it His way. What the law couldn't do, weak as it was in the flesh, He did, sending His own Son. And so that, that the righteous requirement of the law would be fulfilled in us who make the choice. So Jesus has already done the work. Now, He's empowered us to follow through on it and enforce it in our individual lives so that people can see that God is real. You can just keep, you stay with your own crap and stuff and ways of thinking. And, and you, know, you, know, you know what those kind of ways of thinking are? Jealousy, bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, frustration emotionalism, overreacting in every situation in life. You constantly are overreacting because of things that happen in situations. You keep that in your life, and you'll see nothing that He's promised. He's already done the work. He's done everything for you, but you're choosing not to work alongside the Father and do it His way, and you stay with your stuff, and you're born again, Spirit-filled, you can pray in other tongues and do whatever you think is important and all this kind of stuff. Come and sit in church, but you're doing nothing with the word you're hearing. Not learning how to yield to the voice of the Spirit and learning how to work alongside the Father. Remember, we're joint heirs. Same things that work for Him will work for us if we work it the way He worked it. Shoo! Shout amen, somebody. Man. <clears throat> Last part of or, uh, verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, what is left out here, and that's what they're saying is, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. That's where my focus needs to be, is on the things of the Spirit. That's why you've got to just turn off life sometimes. Turn off some of the things that are contaminating your way of thinking. Just turn it off and turn this on. Thank God for technology and everything we can do. Every series we've ever taught here at Gates of the City, you can go back and listen to every one of them. Thank God for technology. You can listen. Play it in, even when you're doing something else, just play something. 
place I'm teaching that you're hearing that is good and building your spirit, man. Because it'll liberate you and set you free. Um, Verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits, eagerly waits, all of creation, this earth, is eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons of God, sons and daughters of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into, watch this, the glorious liberty of the children of God. When revelation comes to the children of God, then the children of God are enforcing what God says is so in the earth. People say, you know, God's in charge in the earth, and I'm thinking, He's, God's in charge of this mess? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. But I, I can tell you there's some things in my world that He's in charge of because they're working. I can tell you some things in other people's world and other areas even of the planet that are, that where God is in charge, and it's working. But God is in charge when we're in charge. He set it up that way. And people that don't believe this, they're deceived. You think God would take credit for the mess on planet Earth? Please. This is a result of the lack of the church receiving what they were given from God in the Garden of Eden. And the only way you can get back there, he's already paid the price for you to be back there. The only way to get back there is to renew your mind, to think like he thinks. So you're working with the Father instead of against the Father. And I want to end with this, the last passage, starting with verse 31. In Romans 8, I'll end with this. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Big question. You have to answer it. I say nobody. I say nobody and nothing can be against me if God is for me. He who did not spare his own son, we just read about that, but delivered him up for us all, we just read about that, how shall he not with him also freely give us everything? How will he not give us every single thing that belongs to us? He's already done it. Now I have to make a choice that that's what I'm receiving. Through what? The preaching of the Word, the meditation of the Word, the confession of the Word, the praying of the Word, and becoming a doer of that Word that has become real to you on the inside. And if you don't quit, you'll become that. You don't have to understand it. It doesn't even have to make sense. I was talking to somebody the other day, and... uh, uh, somebody that lives in another town and that I'm that I, I minister to on a regular basis, and uh, just this young guy, and he was saying this to me. He said, I, "I'm getting what you're saying about the confession of the word, 
And he said, what I realized was, he said, I started, I started speaking. This, there was a passage in, in, in the Bible. He started speaking over himself. And he'd been doing it for about two weeks. And he called me and he said, it's like I wake up in the morning realizing things that I never thought I would realize. And the passage that I'm speaking, God led me to that passage, but it doesn't necessarily relate to every area of my life. I said, yeah, but it will one day. But you declaring the Word of God, Holy Spirit will take that, and He'll reveal something out of that passage that you're speaking that you would have never thought about that doesn't even look like it relates. That's how powerful that the Word is. And that's how amazing that the Spirit of God is that lives on the inside of us, that that's His job. Can you say amen to that? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Another question. It is God who justifies. Who is He who condemns? Another question. It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So there's no reason to be condemned. There's no reason to give in to anything. Why? Because He's already overcome. So when we're giving into things, we have to learn through the Word how not to give into it and how to overcome. He has called us to liberty. Galatians says, but don't turn your liberty into an opportunity of the flesh, but he said, through love serve one another. Through the love of God, the revelation of God, the understanding of God, serve humanity and people, not you trying to protect yourself. And that's what he's saying right here. Jesus did it all, so can any of these things change the way we think? Watch the rest of this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or pearl, or sword, or whatever you want to put in there? And notice, that wasn't a statement, that was a question. And who can answer that for your life? You. How did he say that? He said, who shall separate, I'll say it like I'm saying it myself, who shall separate me from the love of Christ? Shall, Shall tribulation separate me? It's my choice. He paid the price so I didn't have to give in to tribulation. Shall distress or persecution or anything that would happen and come against me in life, the question I have to answer, I say nothing. Why? I'm free. Say it. Say it again. I'm free. No, no, no. I'm free from persecution. I'm free from distress. I'm free from unforgiveness. I'm free. Shall any of those things? I have to make the decision. But I make the decision based on the word that I'm putting in me, the way I'm changing the way I think, my attitude in life. You stay the old you, then you get the same old results. I want new results. How about you? Amen? I want new results for the rest of my life, new results coming in every different way. He said, <clears throat> uh, 
I'm not sure which verse this is, but I'm going to end with the, I think it's the last three verses. It says this, for I'm persuaded, Paul said, that neither death nor life, so Paul's answering these questions for himself. He said, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. So Paul became persuaded that nothing was going to keep him from working alongside the Father through the same anointing that was on Jesus, his Lord, and accomplish the same things that Jesus accomplished. Paul should have been disqualified from the beginning. Why? He was killing Christians, coming against the church. He should have been disqualified in the beginning. Educated man that thought he knew better, thought he was working alongside the Father, but it was actually working against the Father, destroying people that were advancing the kingdom. Then one day, on his little Damascus Road experience, huh, gets blinded, can't see anything. In result, he gets born again, he gets spirit-filled, <laughs> and thank God for the letters that he wrote for us. How, how many can say amen to that? Hmm? He said, I'm persuaded. He didn't say this in the first three weeks. He didn't even say this in the first five years. He didn't say it in the first 15 years. But he came to a place. I'm persuaded that nothing will separate me from the anointing that empowers me to work alongside the Father and do everything that Father's telling me to do to accomplish what He wants accomplished so that the kingdom advances and the world gets saved. 1 Timothy 2 says this, that it is good and pleases God our Savior that all people come to the saving knowledge and that all people come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what's good to him. He doesn't desire that one would perish, but everybody coming to the saving knowledge. Hell was not created for people. Hell was created for the devil and demons. If people go to hell, it's their choice. But we're here to help them make the opposite choice. Liberty and freedom. We must be living in it and experiencing it every day of our lives. We must be fighting for it every day of our lives within ourselves so that liberty oozes from our pores. People are not going to experience the love of God by seeing a reflection of what they think Jesus is in the way a cloud forms because that cloud will move. Oh, I saw that. I had some people... In a certain country I was in, they, they had a tortilla that looked like it was the face of Mother Mary. And they had it enshrined. And people come by and they touch it and do all these things. And I'm not taking away, I'm not like criticizing them. That's, that's what they know. But there's no power there. People's never gotten healed as a result of touching the tortilla glass. People didn't get healed because they saw something in the cloud. The Bible doesn't say that. 
That doesn't mean that maybe some situation happened where God got a person's attention because of something they saw in the cloud and it ministered to them and things begin to change in their life. Yeah, something like that could happen. But we don't live for that. The ideas that people have about angels, they're off. Clarence is not an angel. It's a wonderful life. Clarence is not the way angels happen. Clarence was a created being that supposedly became an angel. Eh. Good story. Great movie. But it ain't the truth. You know what I can do with the angels of God? Watch this. Psalm 103 in verse 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Every day when I'm speaking the word of God, multiple times a day I declare that and release the angels of God to take the word I've spoken and do something with it. We have them working on our behalf, but we have to have the revelation of who we are in God's kingdom, who they are in God's kingdom, and we must release them and have the faith that they're doing the work on our behalf. Wow. I, I'm telling you, I, 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 I get amazed all the time. All the time I get amazed at how God would include us in all this stuff. He would include you and I in everything that is about his kingdom. I mean, why? I mean, I can, I, I, you know, everybody sitting in here, you know your faults or things that have happened or things you didn't do right or wrong. How could, why would God want to use me? He, you know, need to find somebody better. <clears throat> you know what? When you see yourself in the kingdom, <laughs> you're seeing yourself as getting like, I'm, I'm beginning to be as good as it gets. If you're saying that in pride, well, you've got to get rid of the pride. But if you're saying that in humility because of what God has done in you, what do, what do we want to think of ourselves? Oh, I'm just a weak, beggarly thing. You know? No. I'm anointed. How about you? I'm God's child. How about you? I'm free. How about you? I'm free to help other people be free. How about you? That's what we've been called to do. No day like today. To be people that are liberated and free, advancing the kingdom of God. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.